grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God that engages us this day is the Old Testament lesson read previously, thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, our Old Testament lesson for today takes us back at least 3,500 years. And it takes us to the wilderness of Sinai, some 6,500 miles from St. Louis. So long ago and so far away, we might be tempted to ask ourselves the question, do we really have anything in common with the people in our Old Testament lesson for today? Well, in spite of the fact that it was so long ago, in spite of the fact that it was so far away, we actually have a great deal in common with the people in our Old Testament lesson for today, and they with us. First, the people in our Old Testament lesson for today were the benefactors of the greatest act of liberation in the entire Old Testament. You see, they and their forefathers were slaves in Egypt for more than 400 years. And just three months before our text for today takes place, God single-handedly released them from their slavery in Egypt, liberating them from that slavery. God sent the first nine plagues, humiliating the false gods of the Egyptians, but then he sent the tenth plague, the final plague that would finally convince Pharaoh to let his people go. That plague, the killing of the firstborn in every household in Egypt, both animal and person. It was only the people of God who had the blood of the Passover lamb brushed on the doorposts and over the lintel of their house that escaped having the firstborn in their household killed. That blood marked them as God's people, and death passed over their house. Then God continued in a miraculous way through Moses to liberate his people from their slavery, including the parting of the Red Sea and God's people crossing on dry ground and then the crashing down of those same waters on the pursuing Egyptian soldiers, giving God's people release and victory. Yes, God single-handedly liberated his people from their slavery in Egypt. And just as God single-handedly liberated his people from their slavery in Egypt, so he has also brought about the ultimate liberation for you and for me and for all people, liberating us from our slavery to sin, death, and Satan. And this liberation did not come as a result of the blood of a Passover lamb brushed upon the doorposts and the lentil. No, this liberation came as a result of the blood of the Lamb of God spent for us on the cross, bringing us the ultimate release and death, eternal death, passing over us. God single-handedly liberated us in the ultimate act of liberation. And just like the people of God in the Old Testament, 
we at times can be a little overconfident in our ability to keep God's law. You almost have to chuckle when you read the response of God's people in our Old Testament lesson for today, after Moses tells them everything that God has said. Their response? All that God has spoken, we will do. And it's these same people who 13 chapters later in the book of Exodus construct a golden calf and fall down and worship it and proclaim, this is your God, O people, that has brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Or a little further down the road, these same people come right up to the very border of the land that God has promised to give them, and they shrink back in fear when the spies return and give the report of how big and how intimidating the people are who live in the land. Or, a little further down the line, God's people join in worshiping the false gods of the Canaanites, even stooping so low as to sacrifice their own children to these false gods, the way the Canaanites did. Like these people in the Old Testament, we too want to do everything that the Lord has spoken, but like these people in the Old Testament, we are unable to do so. And that is because we have a dual identity as we live here on this earth. We are at the same time simultaneously saints and sinners. Saints who have been declared righteous in the sight of God through faith in Jesus Christ and sinners who unfortunately still sin daily in thought, word, and deed. How well we can identify with how Paul describes this situation in Romans chapter 7 when he writes, the good that I want to do, that is not what I end up doing. Instead, it's the evil that I don't want to do that I end up doing. Or we can empathize with the Apostle Peter when on Monday, Thursday, he boldly declares, I will go with you, Lord, even if it means being arrested, even if it means being killed. And within a matter of hours, he denies even knowing his Lord three times. Yes, like the people here in our Old Testament lesson for today, we want to do all that God has spoken, but we are unable to do so. But the good news is that Jesus Christ does and has for us in our place. He is the perfect Son of God that Israel could never be. He is the perfect Son of God that we can never be. And how thankful we can be that as Paul proclaims, He, God, made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, so that through Him we might be the righteousness of God. And that's exactly what we are. God also refers to his people of the Old Testament as his treasured possession. Now that word that's translated obey in our Old Testament lesson is better translated listen to. So it could be translated, if you listen to my voice and follow my covenant, you will be my treasured possession among all the nations. 
was nothing inherent in those people that made God choose him, choose them as his treasured possession. In fact, listen to a parallel set of verses from Deuteronomy chapter 7, where God says, The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping that oath that he swore to your fathers. Yes, it was nothing inherent in these people that made God choose them as his treasured possession. He simply, as he says, set his love on them and was faithful, as he always is, to all of his promises, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, going all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. Like those people in the Old Testament, we also are God's treasured possession. And just like those people of God in the Old Testament, it is not because of anything inherent in us. It is not because of anything we have done or haven't done. It's simply because God has set his love on us, choosing us before the foundation of the world to be his people, and then bringing that about by redeeming us with Christ's blood shed on the cross and then washing us and making us clean in holy baptism, claiming us as his children and giving to us eternal life. Yes, just as God did it all in liberating his people from their slavery, so God has done it all for both the people of the Old Testament and for us in making us his treasured possession. God also refers to his people in the Old Testament as a kingdom of priests. Now the office of Old Testament priest did not even exist at this time yet. God doesn't institute it for 10 chapters later in the book of Exodus. And so his vision for his people is that all of his people would be priests, offering the sacrifice of service dedicated to the Lord as a result of all that he has done, doing so in thanksgiving and gratitude for all that he has done that they would be a holy nation set apart from all the other nations to serve him out of faith and trust and love. It may surprise you to know that we also are referred to as priests in the scriptures. In fact, we are called a royal priesthood by the apostle Peter in 1 Peter 2. Listen to how Peter expresses it. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This concept is commonly referred to as the priesthood of all believers. It emphasizes that all of us as priests serve our Lord dedicating our very lives to him out of gratitude for all that he has done, serving him with the time, the talent, and the treasure that he has given to us 
and doing so gladly and with joy. And while we see this happen frequently here at St. Paul's, we've seen it abundantly in these past two weeks. For example, with Vacation Bible School and all the countless volunteers who gave of their time and their talent in serving, with those who brought snacks for Vacation Bible School and donated them. And then, of course, this past week, with the youth rummage sale, we again saw so many people putting in hour after hour here, dedicating their time and their talent, receiving the items that were given, organizing those items, pricing those items, and helping people take purchases out to their vehicles. And then there were the people that donated all the items that we saw in the gymnasium. That's what being the priesthood of God is all about. People joyfully giving of their time, their talent, and their resources in the service of our Lord. God also gives us a special identity. Our identity does not come from the things of this world. It does not come from the clothes that we wear, or the car that we drive, or the house that we live in. Instead, our identity comes from outside of us, because who we are is rooted in whose we are. God has given us the identity of being a treasured possession, a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. It is given to us by the one who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And there are two words in our Old Testament lesson for today that are easy to skip over and bypass as we read that lesson. God says, I have lifted you up and I have carried you on wings of eagles to myself. To myself. God liberated his people so that they would not live in isolation from him, just the opposite, that they would live in a relationship and fellowship with him. So God has also lifted us up and brought us to himself so that we would not live in isolation from him, but rather in a relationship of fellowship with him, both here and in eternity. So long ago and so far away, is it possible that we have anything in common with the people of God in our Old Testament lesson for today? We have plenty in common with them because God has made all of us his treasured kingdom of priests. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.